Hello, Miss Bell. Hey, what's up? Good, how are you? Good. So, we're together again, yay? Yay. <laughs> Our initial idea for phone calls was really trampled by the summer. Yes. No, I think it'll still work once we're separated again, when we can call every week and do our hour-long podcast. But for now, we can just... We haven't been keeping to a good schedule, so we'll probably want to change that. <laughs> we're going to create a slight backlog, so if, ever, um, if we ever like skip a week, then we can just use it up and then create another backlog again. Mm-hmm. A little buffer. Yeah. It's probably a better way to put it. We have a good excuse this week because we're in San Fran. Traveling. Yeah. So we're traveling. We're in Russian Hill right now, staying in a place and just like hanging out for the morning. Yeah. Are you excited? <laughs> what? I don't know. We're about to go explore the city later today. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We're going to do less walking than we've been doing and bike instead. Do you be a little you, break maybe? Are you exhausted from walking? I feel I like mean, we haven't walked that much, but maybe like I'm just... eight and a half miles a day. I don't know how much you walk normally. I don't walk that much normally, but I also, like, love to walk, and it doesn't phase me that much. Yeah, and it does feel different when it's, like, you're walking through a city where that's sort of a fun activity. Yeah. Are we going to do an electric bike or just regular bike? Um, depends on the price. <laughs> depends on the price. Electric would be good. Yeah, it would be, I feel like it would almost be too easy, but we'll see. And <laughs> Bell's like, no. I want to make it up all the hills. I'm <laughs> the, it would help bad. you make it up the hills, although there's no low gear. So it's actually just as hard to go up the hills if it's deep enough than a regular bike. Well, because, <laughs> but you go up the hills faster, so there's less hills. So it's like, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I know, I know that's weird. And you know the hills here, they're so incredibly steep. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if we had the small bikes, we could go up, like, Lombard Street and do some crazy stuff. Yeah. Cool. So what are we talking about today? I don't know. Money. <laughs> you're the one who said we should just go with the flow and not plan it. And you're the one who said we should plan it. Yeah, because otherwise I don't know what to talk about. Usually it's the opposite. That's kind of funny. Um, so we're why we're in San Francisco is probably a good thing to talk about. So we, um, I had a job interview here and so the company's like, Hey, we'll fly you out for two days. And they're like, do you want another two days? And I'm like, sure. More time to explore the city and have fun here. And you were like, let's, can I come with you? And I'm like, yes, you should come with me. And so it's kind of like our trip together. And I think it was that we got in Wednesday night and Thursday I had my interview in the afternoon, but the other three days it's like all us to do stuff. So. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. One of my goals for the summer was one trip every month. Keep going. Um, which is sort of a wacko goal, but I figure that way, like, you can spend the whole month saving money and then go on, like, a weekend thing. And I realized there are a lot of places in the U.S. I haven't been, and California is one that I've only been once. Twice, but once you back. remember. Right? Because San Diego? Yeah, yeah. I just, I remember, like, Blue Land. Yes, that was San Diego trip. That's all you remember? That's really funny. I remember is the car race, and I got my little driver's license. Yep, I I remember. You were were pretty pretty young then. Um, It got me through a lot. It got me through a lot. You're funny. Um, Yeah, so what have we done so far that's been fun for you? Um, I liked getting, like, brunch today was really fun. 
That was really good, good food. It was delicious. We went to somewhere called 8 a.m. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's nice to be places like, not just that are popular, but that like everyone's having a good time, really alive. Um, yeah, so that's always fun. I like walking around and seeing sort of like the different neighborhoods. It's crazy, you'll be on a street and you'll be like, this is like a normal city. And then you go up a hill to a park and all of a sudden you're like, wow, they've built in views. Yeah, like, and everywhere. That totally happened to us two days yesterday, two days ago. We were just walking and we went to like, we were just on the street corner and yeah, it was a little hilly, but it wasn't that weird. And then we walked up a block that was pretty steep and then walked up into a park that was also pretty steep. And when we got to the top of the park, all of a sudden we look around us and we realized that little street is like in all these little valleys all around us in this park on top of this tiny hill. And then beyond the hill, there's even more hills all around us surrounding the city and it was like wow like you could really see the top topology a lot better yeah i like the hilliness of the city i don't know about you no i don't know uh, really where i live is pretty hilly in virginia yeah like it's not That's the true. same height of hills but i would say they're like more There's but i think it's so interesting that like the city's on the hills right yeah. it's like the skyscrapers and the apartment buildings it's all you know, apartment building to taller than a skyscraper if it's on the right hill. It's crazy. That's true. That is interesting. I think it's... Yeah. I'd love to, like, fly around the city. But I can't fly, so that doesn't work. <laughs> I like the water. I wish I lived somewhere with water. Yeah, the water's pretty cool. Although the fog is annoying. Yeah. The ocean spray or whatever it's called. not to see the Golden Gate Bridge. No, we keep anywhere. seeing parts of it, but not the whole thing. It's foggy. We're like, it's there in the clouds. And you see all these grand pictures of it all the time, and it's like, wow, that must be like the two, one day it's open <laughs> a year. Not open as in you can cross it, open as in it's visually um, in sight. What? I don't know. I get so shy when we start recording and I like, don't know what to say. Yeah, but you're usually so talkative. I know. It's weird. It's okay. All of a sudden, Just, I'm It's like... a conversation. Look at me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, once, you need to forget about the phone. I know. Forget about... Just... I know. Um, what's the... Uh, we were talking about social media, which was interesting this morning. What did you say? So it was like, oh, we disagree. We should talk about that on the podcast. Um, I was making a case for social people do social media a lot, but one of the things that I sometimes just about it is like people do things for the picture. And I was kind of thinking like, well, if that's your motivation, like if it gets you to do really cool things and that's sort of a win. And I feel that way about traveling is you think like, oh, that would be like, you see someone do something. You're like, that looks really cool. I want to do that. And it kind of gets you to go there, even if it's not. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. how is that shallow? Maybe, but also, like, really fun. Like, we had one day in Denver where you and I did a millennial day, and we were like, let's just ride, like, scooters and, like, have fun and be, like, just do the things that are sort of, like, for the Instagram. But it ended up, it was really fun still, and I realized, like, oh, I like the little scooter thing. Right. Now, I... How do you compare and contrast that with what a lot of people are saying now, which I totally think is a thing, which is people post only the best moments in their life on Instagram and therefore everyone looks around at inst- at their Instagram friends and says, oh my gosh, my life is depressing compared to all my friends. 
But it's not. It's just they're all posting the best moments of everything, right? Yeah, and I think you have to realize that, like, those are the highlights. And another thing is just, like, you can follow people. But most people like. don't realize that. Well, why? I mean, if someone's, like... It, like, if I post that I'm on a trip, like, I'm not going to be traveling for the whole summer. I have a lot of friends right now who are in really cool places all over the world, but I could... At some point, you know, I might also go there. It's not like someone's in Paris for a week and you're like they live in Paris and I don't live in Paris you know you realize like that's a trip right and but there are those people who like it's just like it's hard when you see a lot on of Instagram and it's not just it's not just friends it's like everybody see, that's it's like, like a good rule of thumb is follow people who like if they posted like I just won this award and I'm being celebrated you would just be happy for them instead of thinking like if no, you that's only a good point. follow people like I follow people there are probably some where it would bother me and be like, oh, look at them doing something really cool. But most of the time I'm like, wow, like I'm really glad that they get to see that. No, and I like the idea that you use what they are, have done. And instead of living vicariously through them, you actually learn from that and say, hey, well, that's a cool thing I could do while I'm in X city. Or while I'm in, like, or just a cool thing to do in general, right? If it's something you can do anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool, because you can't always go everywhere and know what to do, but you do see, like, shots of the world through other people. Um, and I think the jealousy is just, like, the problem's not that people are doing cool things and posting it, it's sort of, like, how you're looking at it. And you're right, that is, like, I went to see one girl's Instagram page the other day, um, and her cap, her bio was actually, like, don't compare your behind-the-scenes to my highlight reel. Right. And so she was clearly like, this is my highlight reel, like, yay. But, like, you wake up every day and spend 24 hours with yourself and, like, you can't compare bloopers to a highlight reel. Right. It's not fair. I saw this really, I heard this interesting podcast recently, and it was, there were two people talking, and the way they were looking at social media is, um, it's, the way they look at social media and the internet as it's a way to interact with people, but it's like a false, it's, it's, it's a way and it's real, but it's not as real as interacting with someone person to person. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's this huge epidemic right now of so many people who are depressed, who are burned out, who are, um, uh, who are men, uh, have a lot of mental illness. Right. I think a lot of that comes from the, and there's many reasons for this, but like one of the principal ones is like people are lonely now. And I think a large reason they're lonely is because we go online and we interact with people. So therefore it feels like we're like our brains like, Oh yeah, that, that, that that's, that's right. That that's good. And it allows us to create communities that are amazing. Cause you can have communities where everybody who loves, um, a very specific thing can come together and talk about that thing. Whereas you'd never be able to find your neighbors would never be into that in the old world. Right. Or the people in your mm -hmm. clan would never be in that into that specific thing in the old world. But now you can create communities where everyone's from a different part of the world and can talk about something that's really good. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm on off to like a double tangent. So let me come back a little bit, but the the negative of that is, um, it's not a real interaction. It's not a face-to-face. -face. It's not emotional. You're not actually seeing the person's um, emotions out of that. And it's not a real connection, right? It's, it's, a, faux con it's a faux connection um, that seems real but isn't. And so when the person goes to bed, they still feel lonely because it wasn't actually a real deep connection. 
it was kind of a um it was kind of a uh, a substitute, right? And I'm trying to think of a good analogy, and there's only one that's like really good, but it's kind of vulgar, which is, it, it's like porn versus actual sex, right? It's like, it's kind of fake, right? And yeah, it still does the same things to your brain, but it's not as real, right? Mm-hmm. And like s- someone who like only has porn their whole life um, and is not, like that's not as real and they're not going to feel as fulfilled as if they're actually having sex. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that's just like people, like something I actually try to do is like not just rely on like social media relationships, obviously, and to be social in the real world. And, and that seems super simple, but I'd argue a lot of people aren't doing that, right? They are relying on a lot of their time because it is addictive because these these companies like they want to make their product addictive to sell ads right and therefore you spend a lot of time on it and I know I've limited the time I've spent on lots of social medias on my phone through like apps that limit it but it's it's really hard to to um to put that self-control into practice yeah I think a good question like to ask about your like if you if I were to go through my followers right now is like which of these people am I actually going to see in the next? And that's hard because, like, I'm in college, so, like, a lot of the people I follow I see on a regular basis. And right now it's more like I'm going to watch them travel and, like, I'm going to travel and we can't hang out because it's summer and I will hang out with them soon. And so it's almost like it's better than nothing with that person. But at the same right. time, if I were back at school seeing that, I would be like, well, I don't want to just comment on this person's photo like I'd rather get lunch with them and talk with them right I don't want to follow people and then not ever get lunch with them and talk with them and when I go to a different city for the summer like I want to find people to get lunch with and talk with and not have just because the other thing you're right is lonely and not filling I have a question but before I get to that I'm gonna go one rung down the ladder in Mm -hmm. on tangents and say like I find it annoying when I'm really excited about something I'll post on snapchat or instagram right Mm -hmm. and like something I've built or something I've done. And then when I run into a friend, I'm like, hey, like I'm working on this really cool thing right now. And then they're like, oh, you post like the thing on Instagram you post about? And I said, yeah. And then it's like the conversation's over. I can't go into like insane rant about, or rant isn't the right word. I can't talk passionately about the thing that I've just accomplished because they've kind of already seen it, right? That kind of annoys me. Anyway, that's a tangent. Um, and this happens nice. more often than you think. They maybe don't post it. It was kind of nice. Like, I no. went on a big trip last summer for a month to a lot of places and posted, like, pictures from each place. And when I got back, a lot of people were like, oh, my goodness, it was so cool, all the places you went, and to see that. And it was sort of like, I then would talk about my vacation, whereas normally I wouldn't go up to someone and be like, what did you do in August? Did you do right. anything cool? Because they might be like, what? But everyone knew, like, oh, Annabelle went somewhere. So we can ask her about that. So you talked about like actually looking at your followers to see if they're um, people you want to like follow that like you're going to get value from. What other ways do you curate your social media to make to balance those positive and negative aspects we've been talking about? Well, I think a lot of it is just like don't follow people you don't like because there's a lot of like I know a lot of people are motivated to like post to make other people jealous, and so I sort of like I don't want people. 
I don't even want to be f- have people follow me who, like, that would be something that I would then think about. Right. So instead it's, like, I want to follow people who, like, I wish well for and think that I think they wish well for me. And that way, like, everything I – like, it's – you don't feel – I wouldn't feel like there was another layer of motivation to it. Okay. Um, and I think another one is – I think – I don't so know. so one thing That's I sort of hopefully all but. so one thing I do besides like limiting time on specific social media apps per day right saying hey you can only get this many minutes of Instagram this many minutes of Twitter um, is like I'd say like sometimes I delete the apps entirely like Facebook delete if I'm if it's not providing me value or I'm on it too much same with Twitter I've probably deleted and redownloaded Twitter. 20 to 30 times wow. over the course of me using over the last five years. Um, and it's cause I realized, Whoa, I'm on this way too much and I need to delete it. And then after like a few months when I redownload it, I'm able to use it sustainably. Right. But then slowly over time, it like starts to snowball into using it more and more. And the only way to stop is to delete it. But another way, like another way I've done stuff is sometimes I go through all my followers and I do what you say. I like delete the ones that aren't pro- providing a lot of posts that are meaningful to me that like actually excite me or that I uh, I think benefit my life and then I keep all the ones that I do think benefit yeah and something like I think I'm probably I probably spend too much time on Instagram like that's probably the worst one for me um it's just so easy to open and scroll through and when I think about deleting it I also think that like it kind of makes me happy to have my highlight reel there. Like, sort of like, if I had a, like, I have a camera on my phone, I could be taking pictures all the time, but you don't. You only take pictures when you stop and say, wow, like, look at this beautiful moment. Right. And then you take a picture. Or, like, I feel really good right now, and then you take a picture. And that is also sort of a highlight reel. But then Instagram's, like, the highlights of those. And it does kind of feel good to see that and be like, look at my highlight. Right. You know what I mean? Like, look at all these cool things I stopped and took a photo of, or look at all these good times and like when I get lonely like at night at school maybe one of the things I do is go through my favorites in my photo oh yeah and that to me is like it's just this nice like balanced set of photos that always make me smile right from different moments and I have pictures from like 2015 and pictures from like last week and they're hearted just so I can go back through those do you have a lot of hearted ones I don't know I would say probably just like 50. Oh, okay. So not a lot. So, yeah, I try to be very selective. It'll be, like, the best picture from a vacation. But... Yeah. I try to be pretty selective, too, and most of them involve, like, other people, because those are the ones the other that thing matter. Is, it's not, like, most of them are not. I would say there are very few that's, like, look at this landscape, unless it's, like, the landscape of our grandparents' house, which always makes me right. smile. But that is more about being social, and the best social interactions I think I've probably had this month, I didn't take photos during... By social, I mean, like, with friends is what the pictures I usually favor more, so. Mm -hmm. Also, the pictures that, like, you want to show people over and over again, and that way you don't have to search for them or find them the hard way. Yeah. I don't know. I should probably delete Instagram. One other thing I've, one other, um, like, task I've done to balance the usage is in... I put the social media apps in a folder on my phone, but I put them in the very back of the folder. So like the folder has multiple pages. So usually I have to click on the folder, swipe through, swipe through, swipe through, swipe through, swipe through, swipe through, and then click on the app in order to open it. And like 
yeah, I can search for it, but like it's still a lot more steps, right? And the idea is you can open things way more quickly. Um, I've also gotten rid. So, so there's these things. Okay, I'm all over the place. Um, one thing at a time. So there's this thing called zombie clicking, right? Which is when you automatically pull out your phone and you open Instagram and your brain, like, your your brain is, it's unconscious, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you realize you've done it. Part of what that folder thing does is I can catch myself while I'm swiping and be like, oh, I'm on my way to Twitter. Like, this is bad. And, and I can catch myself before I get there. But also, what's really nice with iPhones at least, is if you have a notification in one of those apps, you can just hard press on the folder and go straight to the app, mm-hmm. and then it's actually only one click and slide in order to get to the app, as opposed to seven, but it's when you have a notification, which is when you really want to open the app, right? You don't want to open it when you, yeah. in other no, that, times. That should be, that's probably a good, like, And that's a good pro tip. Like that way, like for example, Facebook, like I'd always go on newsfeed and I would like waste a bunch of time, but Facebook did have a lot of notifications that I needed in the past. And therefore by putting in the back of the folder, I could still get to those notifications fast. But the moment the notifications were gone, it still, it took a lot of energy to open the app just to go to newsfeed to scroll through. And something that I think is important to like a caveat about social media is like, I don't think it's all bad and I don't think. Like I'm not going to delete all of mine from my phone, but what I realized I did a week where I had a study and I couldn't use it for more than an hour a day. And it was like finals week the week before. So I was like, I should be studying anyway. Like I really should not be on social media for more than an hour. But what it showed me was more so that I would run out of my time. And then when I was thinking, oh, I want to like, I have five minutes. I'm right. waiting for someone at a cafe or something. And I'd be like, oh, I guess I'll check my phone. I had to be creative about what to do instead. Right. So I ended up like finding a book to read during mealtime because I was like, you know, I'm drinking a coffee, like, I might as well just be reading. And I found I was more creative in how I used my time yeah. versus using social media. And so it was almost like, what is the opportunity cost of, like, Instagram versus something else? I now could, that I have a lot of free time this summer, I'm kind of like, well... I think another reason we feel a lot of people feel lonely is because people aren't very comfortable with themselves anymore. In the past, like when you were bored, like you were bored, you had nothing to do, right? You would just sit there and think to yourself and just like ponder the day or ponder your problems or think about your friends or think about whatever came into your head or, or, or daydream, right? Nowadays, we do this so significantly less because when we're bored, we can just pull out our phones and like do something until we're ready. Um, and I think you could also feel that, t- think about all, so one time I was like, I, I was on my phone like for five minutes in between meetings or in between classes or in between insert what you're doing and what something else you're doing. And I realized, imagine all the time that I was on social media in those in between times, I was instead reading. And I was like, how much more could I know about like the world through that? And I'm not saying you can't learn through social media. You definitely can. But I feel like you you pick up a lot more um, about human nature and about just like ideas through uh, books versus through the stream of consciousness of every human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And that's sort of like why I got into podcasts this year was because it was those in-between moments of like walking somewhere in buses. And I know that that can also be a really good time for reflection. And I will say we were on a train yesterday, probably 30 minutes. And I just sort of looked out the window and was just really content to be there and 
I'm someone who's very social and would rather be with people than be alone, probably always. So it's really, it was kind of nice. I was like, I'm just sitting here and not like, oh, when will I get there? I'm, I want to leave. I need to find people to be with. I need to text someone. Instead, it was just like relaxing. And I, I wasn't like listening to anything or doing anything. You stumbled right on the point. I think that's so use, so powerful and so important. I think one thing I have is I have my time limited, so my phone won't open all my apps until 7.30. And usually I wake up at 7. So it's like 30 minutes where I can't have my phone in bed, right, and just go along, where I actually have to get up and start doing stuff, and then it'll open up to me. Um, and I think the... I don't know. It's, I feel like it's all about these tricks to like kind of get yourself to follow the pattern that you should do, not necessarily that you want to do or that your self self influence controls. Um, your um, I for a long time. So freshman year, I came to college and I got these Bluetooth headphones, and it's still probably the best two hundred dollar or one hundred thirty dollars I've ever spent. Because, like, they worked for a year, then they broke because I used them so often. And then they, I got sent another pair because they broke within the warranty. And this happened, I think, four years in a row. It, it happened so often that, like, by the fourth year, they didn't make the headphones anymore. And they sent me their new version, which were even better. Wow. Um, and I just – I got so much out of these. Now I just have a pair of AirPods, right? Because those are just so good as well. And what I realized is whenever I'm walking to class or whenever I'm going – or wherever I'm working out, or whenever I'm doing something that I'm not using my full brain for, I should listen to podcasts, or I should listen to audiobooks. And I'm gonna get all this time back because I'm basically gonna be able to fill my day better. And I did this for probably two and a half years, um, and I was exhausted. I was like mentally exhausted because I'm always on. I'm like the only time I'm not on is when I'm sleeping. And even then you could argue you're on, right? And I just didn't have any me time. And yeah, I had me time, but I was listening to an audiobook, which now it's about the audiobook, not about me, right? Or about the podcast, not about me. Mm-hmm. Am I learning stuff? Yes. Was it entertaining? Hell yes. But I realized that you kind of need that self time where you are slightly bored, you are um, awkwardly in a state of emptiness where you can just think about things and you actually, that's when you solve your big problems of your life. That's when you um, really think about um, group dynamics. That's when you really figure out what matters to you. That's when you really um, feel comfortable with yourself. But I feel like, okay, I'm going to push back. And Please. Spoiler alert, this is probably my conclusion to like every problem, but I feel like there, that, there just has to be a balance. Like, I'm out of my comfort zone. I've been out of my comfort zone since I got back from school because I don't have 10,000 things planned for my day. I have, like, one or none. Right. And so there is a lot of, like, being there with yourself and figuring out what to do and do you want to read a book, do you want to play piano, and sort of being landlocked and really the best option is, like, be with yourself and relax and enjoy that. And that's been out of my comfort zone and that's been good but it's also been I'm not going to do that all summer and part of I think what's good about it is it does push me to say what matters to me what, what I value is being with people I care about so I'm going to call someone a friend and get to like make dinner reservations with them because but there's also a balance so I'm not saying hey can I move in with someone so that I'm busy all summer but I think the balance of like 
don't, we're not, like, I wouldn't advocate for, like, locking yourself in a room and spending your whole weekend and being like, I just need to relax and recuperate. Because there's got to be, like, a give and take of, you can't be on all the time, but there are some times where, like, you do need to yeah. get out there and do things and, 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 and stop edging. And I think I, I, I'm pushing it hard because that's how any, like, paper works, right? You argue really hard for one side, even though it's probably more, like, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm assuming that you're, like, your day's pretty busy, right? It's just those those empty gaps of, or those times... Um, where you could be spending it like like you are walking to class or you are driving to work. Maybe the idea isn't to always listen to a podcast or audiobook. Maybe the idea is sometimes just to like get be in your own skin and worry about your own like think about your own things. Maybe a car isn't a good example cuz that you should focus on driving <laughs> and you can usually listen to an audiobook at the same time and that works pretty well, but the um but like when you're running, right? Like running or working out everybody these days has headphones in everybody that's because it's gym. music i'm gonna say there's rarely a time where i think like okay no that, that's music true is a bad no no you're right because you can still think about yourself and reflect with music on and you think it's better sometimes no it totally is it's, okay. it, it helps you focus yeah it, i don't listen to novels or talk on the phone while i'm running no but my point is if you are always like listening to podcasts it is hard to think about your own things right because you're getting that auditory information in, and that conflicts with the. Unless that's with what you the think thinking, about, but yeah. Yeah, at least in my brain it does. Most sometimes, unless like I can't think about my own things and listen to a podcast at the same time, I have to do one or the other. And that's something I liked about um, I had a at least once or twice a week workout class, and you left your phone, and I kind of miss that now that I'm just like running with my phone and my headphones. Is that. I'm like, oh, well, I get a notification. Who texted me? And it used to be just, like, you can't even have the option. And removing the option when you are trying to focus on, like, running fast as the objective for your hour is kind of nice because it's just, like, your brain doesn't have to worry about both. It's now just, like, more focused on the one. And that was my best, like, reflecting time. One thing I've learned really recently is that, and I wish I had done this more. So I'll start with the solution and work my way back to the problem. Um... I always put do not disturb on, I'm not sorry, I should have always and started to do a lot more of putting do not disturb on my phone whenever I was in a class. And I would just say- You didn't have it on? I didn't have it on? You didn't have do not disturb on when you were in class? You always have it on in class? Yeah, I'm a student. I don't, my teacher, yeah, sorry. I'm no, Okay, okay, whoa, 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 okay, okay, whoa. Not silent, silent and do not disturb. Do not, Yeah. As in, like, no, you won't get any my notifications. My phone's very loud. If my phone buzzed, you would, like, the, oh, everyone really? in the room would know. So maybe okay. my, my phone, if it buzzes, yeah, nobody... the minute I walk into a classroom, do not disturb. Okay. And I I don't like being on my laptop in class, because I get distracted. I can't even text from my laptop, but if I could, like, damn, that'd be bad. So I had a lot of classes where, like, I was in firefighter mode, and shit was hitting the fan in clubs, or, like, stuff was going on, and instead of paying attention in class, I would do that. And it would be really bad, and I'd, I'd try to multitask both, and I'd usually miss something. And that was terrible. Yeah. So what I did is I started to turn on Do Not Disturb, and that way, like, if something happened, I wouldn't see it. Because if I saw it, I'd want to respond have immediately. automatic text notifications? There's been one time in my in the past semester where... As you were saying, like, it was just an intense fire, and I was in the middle of saying, 
like this is an intense fire and then my class started and I turned off do not disturb and it was an hour and 15 minutes and I at one point checked my messages and it was just like 70 messages and people were like why aren't you responding freaking out and I ended up being like at the end of this hour and 15 I'm gonna say I had a class and they know class ends at that time and I'm gonna say I'm really sorry like I was in class and even though I felt bad like this I tried to say like my class is about to start like not that I don't value this but like my class is about to start I don't know if someone had responded like oh well how could you not answer when we went class I think I just would have been like I sit in the front row like do you want me to like I was taking notes I can't take notes and and I want to be attentive to someone's problems you know I'm not just like sending oh I see your message yeah and I can only think of one instance where like I like there there was that kind of situation where like shit hit the fan while I was in class and I needed to dance right away but then turns out I just called somebody after class and they're like hey where you been I'm like I was in class and they're like okay here's the problem and I said Here's what I'm, like, here's why it isn't a problem, right? So. Yeah, it's hard. Maybe it's selfish. But like, school's the one thing I like. But the problem, I feel like a lot of people don't do that, though, Annabelle. Yeah. Um, and therefore, I think, I think you should do it more. So, so but let's get back to the problem, which Sorry. the problem is, not only do you distract the teacher, but you distract yourself. And it actually takes you a long time to get back into that area of focus where you're completely learning or you're completely doing intense work um, and you're kind of in that, like whether it be the state of flow or whether this it's the state of just like learning and like focusing 100% of your brain on one thing. That takes like, I forget what the science says, but let's say it takes 20 minutes and it usually takes That's about that long to really get focused on something and that one text is gonna break that 20 minutes. So let's say imagine you take 20 minutes to get focused on something and then you get a text from someone and you respond and then it takes you another 20 minutes and then you get another text at the end of that. Literally like two texts have just wasted you an hour of work. And maybe it's not quite an hour, but like you ramp up in that 20 minutes. You're not getting your full output as a human being. Yeah. So imagine by turning on do not disturb when you're working, I think it's super important. I started doing this when I was studying, which was even more important than in class. Um, and I would just like turn on do not disturb and work for three or four hours straight on a specific homework assignment or a See, specific class. That's something I miss about school actually is no matter what was going on, I could go to class and all of a sudden, like I swear there's got to be some science where I would feel sick to my stomach and I would go to class and all of a sudden I would be like, you need to focus and I would feel less pain and I would think less about my problems and I would just be so focused and it was this nice break from everything yeah and I don't know that it actually like decreased my pain it was probably just like adrenaline especially during the exam I would just like snap into business mode or working like you don't have a choice I I was always super stressed before exams but the moment the exam started it was like a coolness came down and your brain is a hundred percent focused on that test and so you forget about the stress and I love I used to work a really busy shift at my job and I loved that no matter what was happening like it all of a sudden mattered less because you have you were having the stimulus, you were dealing with it, and you were feeling, and it always made me feel better. I don't know if it's the adrenaline as much as like you're just you're thinking about something completely different, therefore you forget about the other. But thing. I don't know, like if I turn my phone on, do not disturb for the next or for like an hour when I was at home reading a book. I don't know that I would be like that was so great. Now I feel totally. But I, I think you would be able. Really, I feel the like you'd be able to connect with the book more if you didn't get any distraction. 
or if you got distractions. I, know, I feel like it doesn't take me twenty minutes to fo- go from focusing on a book to not. But okay, I could so, be wrong. so a book I Depends. think would be faster. But if you're doing something a little bit more complicated that you haven't done before or that is more work oriented, is more complicated than reading. I think it does take you about. But I will minutes. say I'm gonna try something new. You made a really good comment about um, notifications. Why am I checking my phone if it didn't buzz? Is it like if oh, like rationally? Am I checking it because maybe it buzzed and I didn't notice? Like, I... So now I'm well, only... I'm going to try. You're not checking it. You're opening it to do to not be bored. Yeah, I think now, from this week, I'm going to try something new. I'm going to answer my notifications and not... And if there's no notification, like... But what if unless I'm like, starting a new conversation. Okay. Or on a plane. Or, like, or going somewhere and need mass. Yeah, but that's... That's... That's true. That's like useful. So, so, so something like so you, unless that's you that's responding to an outside notification. Like if you say where should we go for lunch? Okay, that's fair. And then I look up Google yeah. Maps lunch. I feel like that's a valid. Yeah, valid. But if it's like who didn't look at my Snapchat and should I send a Snapchat to? Like that, what am I doing? That's not even social. Yeah. That's prolonging the loneliness, right? Or making provoking it. That's what I mean. I'm gonna try that. Uh, and we're bashing things a lot. I think phones are like one of the most. Important important things i would be able to live without my phone my life not would be in very different. not in terms of like like i yeah i'd be able to live but i feel like my phone is an extension of me in the sense that it has it's able to carry a bunch of memories that i don't have to worry about whether that's what to do next on my calendar what like my just to-do list is in general what like notes i've written down and i feel like i like what I photos feel like I'm better at traveling having a phone yeah. I feel like we found better, like, it's you find great better to places. look around, but I feel more in control and more capable of saying, like, we had no plans for today, before this morning, and very easily, like, let's look up top things, let's look up this, and you can narrow it down based on what you already want, but the chances yeah. of just wandering around and finding a plan... And you can click brunch and then swipe through, like, f- ten places, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, the eighth place looks really good food, let's go there, you go, there's a line, oh, you're like, wow, that means mean it's really good... And then, sure and enough, you go. travel books are good, too, but I feel like, the, yeah, it's just been so easy. Travel books are static, And then though. when you realize, oh, we went too far, what metro stop is near, it's just so easy and nice and really grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, social media is, I think, What's I think the you, worst you, I think you media? need to balance it. What's what do you the, think the worst social media app is? Facebook. Why? Well, besides all the besides all the news, which is a big part of it, I just think Facebook's very um. I mean, like less useful, more. It's just it's just so ad. There's so many ads, and and everything. It's just so. What do you think the most useful one is? The most useful one? Yeah, this is like a lightning round. (laughs) Well, I'm not good at lightning rounds. I have to think about this. I are we including YouTube? Wait, okay, define social media. I don't think media. I've ever actually been social on YouTube. I don't... I have It's a like lot. a book to me. Well, like, you not, read it, and I guess you're engaging with it. I don't engage with it a lot, I though, don't even I log should, in anymore. Okay, so obviously Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, or social medias, right? Yeah. What else? Tumblr. <laughs> Tumblr, okay. 
I, I don't know. I think, I, I I think know. YouTube is like kind of on the line. I think YouTube is super useful to society because if you don't I know how to do texting, something. texting. I'm going to go. Texting, texting is the, does not count. It is the most social because it is literally actually talking to people. It is the most useful. But texting is like super one-on-one. Like it's not media. I feel like that's what social media should be. I feel like it's media. I send pictures to the family group chat. We kind of all brag about our days, but it's like but endearing the whole point and of I'm social never media is Everybody can see it, right? Like, or like the world. But I mean, I have privacy settings. I only follow. I guess Snapchat's like more one-on-one too, isn't it? And more like group. Snapchat's like texting, but with pictures. But I really think texting is number and one. Inst- Snapchat's lost its gem for me. I hate that it shows you when people read your messages. That's unnecessary. What on Snapchat? Yeah, I feel like it's more trouble than it's worth at this point. Oh, I like that feature. Um, I guess Instagram doesn't do that, does it? No, you can see who's seen your I, stuff. But it's just who liked. I don't know. Yeah, I guess this is just the story. It's feature, not isn't to it? one person. It's yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Obviously, texting is the most useful thing. It's the one I get the most notifications for. Oh, like, geez, like by I stand by a I very large really margin. Like it's probably like eighty percent. That's of why my I used to spend time on Facebook. Was I used to Facebook message people? Yeah, and I still Facebook message people all the time. I will say, I am really grateful for Facebook events this semester. Facebook events is pretty cool. When you're in at my college like that is how I know what so much is going on who's going to it. I always text the people who have RSVP'd I don't know like six people and two will end up going and I do think that's been that is one thing I missed about Facebook. I didn't see any of the events anymore on them. I'm gonna say emails. I was it was worth it. Emails the worst? Emails the worst. You could argue email's also the most useful. Email's not social media, though. I think LinkedIn's the best. Probably not. I have, like, four friends on LinkedIn. I do like LinkedIn a lot. I feel Um, like LinkedIn will be the best when I figure out how to use it. When people I know get jobs and are not just students. Yeah. Yeah, social media, there are blurred lines, aren't there? That's... That's yeah, it really depends how you use it, too. Is Reddit social media? Yeah. Yeah? I feel like in the same way You're, you You have a very broad definition of social media. <laughs> yeah, but Reddit's also, a lot more interactive. I just look. Reddit's um, a lot more interactive than YouTube. Maybe I'm just not interacting on these social medias, so it doesn't feel like it. Well, you don't have to. Like, Twitter, you can just read. Reddit, you can just I read. I don't use Twitter. A lot of people, in fact, most accounts, I think, like, a majority... Even that, if you not include all the bot accounts, which is already half of them, um, the large—I don't know if it's exactly half, but it's a lot. Um, it's around there. The uh, even Twitter, like most accounts, only read and like and follow people. They don't actually post anything. In other words, most people have zero posts. Yeah. yeah it's I really feel like that's kind of not fair. That's kind of not give and take. Like, I feel like the Instagram thing is you show me, like, a little insight into your highlight reel, and I show you mine. And we, we're we both that sort of thing. Yeah, but people follow celebrities. They don't follow you back. Them I follow to see, like, are you going to tour? Do I need to buy a concert? Yeah. And any any other celebrities, like, that I wouldn't see in concert, I should probably just unfollow. Because that's how I tend to use that. And, and they don't follow me back, so I guess that's not. That's smart. Continue. If that's the way you see it. What's your favorite social media? Texting, clearly. What's your least favorite? Email. No. 
I don't know why. Email is not. Emails all spam. Yeah. It's worse. <laughs> I need to go to my email. Do you get a lot of spam? Apparently, yeah. There's really no spam. There are websites I've used. They <laughs> just email me constantly. I should, but I should just go through it. That's my own fault. Yeah. Um, I I am a firm. So, we'll we'll transfer to email. I think email is really interesting, because I think it's very useful. I think it. I like it. Kid, this goes back to kind of what we were talking about before with social media and its over usage. Email, and I've learned the best way to use email recently is to not constantly check your email, to not get a lot of notifications from email, but to go on it once or tw- zero to two times a day in chunks. And you go through all your emails in a chunk and you get rid of the bad ones and you respond to the good ones and you archive or uh, you do whatever to everything to like clean up your inbox, right? Mm-hmm. And what I've learned is you really don't want to let it go out of control, your inbox, right? Now, lots of people do it different ways. The way I like to do it is I don't have all the fancy like, oh, it separates it out by notifications, by newsletters, by mm-hmm. all this other stuff, or it doesn't separate priority and not priority so that you just look at the priority ones and you forget about all the rest. I literally go through each one, and if I don't need it, or it's not useful, or I'm done with it, it all gets archived. And that way my inbox always has stuff in it that, and by stuff I mean less than 10 emails that I'm currently working on, whether I need to reply to them, whether I need to do something about them, whether I need to do an action item on them, or they just need to be there to remind me of something. Now I'm feeling bad about complaining about emails because the thing about emails is they all got my email somehow. So like, did I not choose? So what I should do is I should go sign up for more newsletters that I want to get. I get some newsletters that I love and that are really cool. And then I get a ton of ones I don't like. I should just make sure those don't email me. Yeah, and you can set up commands of like if it has this at blah 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 dot edu or dot com. Like don't you can't get any. Emails and it's sort of me. like that with Instagram too. Like if it makes me feel bad about myself, like who am I following that's making me feel that bad about myself? And then part yeah, of that is on. That's a good point. It might be on me, but part of it is. Like, I follow maybe three influencers that I know are influencers because they post, like, allergen-free meals and I have some allergies. And sometimes I do feel like, oh, look at all the cooking and look at all that and that's really expensive. And if it's not making me feel good, like, why am I choosing to follow them? Is that's especially you can kind of except for ones like Facebook that has a ton of ads. I cannot. I don't think there's any way I could make Facebook only show me things I wanted it to show. Yeah. But. <laughs> but that's that's why I don't like Facebook. Yeah, most. I don't think there's any unless I only go on the events tab, which I'm fine with doing. Yeah, I only have Messenger. I don't have the Facebook app on my phone anymore. Yeah, that's fine. So anyway, plus all my friends don't use Facebook, right? They use Instagram or they use Snapchat or they use yeah, it's mostly those two. Yeah, that's the other thing is I think what is valuable is like I think LinkedIn I love. I think it's really cool, but I don't. That Definitely. isn't where all my friends are and where yeah. we communicate. And maybe at a different part of my life, that will be actually more useful. But my point is, if your inbox has like, let's say, five emails in it that you have to act on, and then you get five okay, more. Okay, but think of... Wait, wait, let me finish. The... You... Like, it doesn't seem that hard to go through five emails to like figure out whether to archive them or to like keep them and work on them or respond to them. And then respond to the other five that you already have in your inbox... Like that seems like a little bit of work, but if you slowly let your inbox build up and you have thousands of emails in your inbox, which most people have, like 
all of a sudden it feels like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do this, right? The mountain is too high, right? We're, and that's why you should go through and like keep it really small and really work at it and go on it once, zero to two times a day. But you do it in batches because otherwise you're constantly responding and it gets back to what I was talking about before where you get interrupted and you can no longer have that sustainable like deep thought or deep work on something. But I don't know. So I have 6,000... 111 unread oh emails gosh. for the emails that go to my phone which is, that is my unread school email my personal inbox? email unread oh my god everything's in my inbox because i don't spend time deleting or going through i can recognize something i don't want to read and not click it that saves me time what i do is i star things that i need to respond to that i haven't responded to or that i need like plane ticket i'll star it and so every once in a while i go to my starred folder and i say okay what have i been ignoring that i need to respond to so you're the way that, you use stars is the way I use my inbox. But I don't spend time. All I do is star it if I need to, read it if I need to. Totally. Because you can search. Doesn't, you can search your archive yeah, too. That's what I do. If I think, oh, I need this newsletter. I want to see all the newsletters the Career Center sent me. I just have to search that. It doesn't matter if but, I've archived them or if they're there, if they're read. The way I look at it is I just find it very clean. I find it a lot more calming to look at an empty or only slightly filled inbox versus a Is that what you do for to-do lists? to-do list like i've gone through a lot of iterations of like how when you should restart your to-do list like do you do it every day and then you copy over the things do you do a week do you do just like everything you have to do and it keeps like i started one at the beginning of the semester and it lasted for like three weeks of just always adding things and crossing things off because to do it every day means there's just a lot that carries over that's a really good question I have an app that has all my to-dos on it, and they're all categorized by um, by category. And then I can click, and they all have due dates on them. So I can click today and only see the ones for today, which is really nice because instead of seeing this gigantic list, I only see a little list, and therefore it seems more uh, practical. And then what I do is every morning I copy down the ones that I need to get done that day from that to-do, to-do list on my app, onto a notebook and then throughout the day I check them off and then the next day the ones I didn't complete go on to that day. You should make it, you should do it, you should find a way, What? you showed me a book you read that had the urgent and important. Yeah. You should sort by that. No, you shouldn't. Cause it's, but then you could sort because by Because everybody's like, oh I need to work on the urgent things, but the urgent, urgent and important things. But those aren't usually the things that matter. They're it's just the, the things that are urgent and important. But that's what I'm saying. And so you, you can could... do those menial, busy tasks your whole life and be not fulfilled at all. What you really want to accomplish is the not important, sorry, the important but not urgent tasks. That's those my are what really matter big in life. Carry audacious goal. And your BHAGs, your and it's the sub, it's the sub, sub, sub tasks of the BHAGs because BHAGs are so big, right? Um, it's the, it's that incremental progress. And what I do is I, I might have a goal in my to-do list, but when I write it down in my notebook, I make sure it's very actionable. It's very specific, right? So for example, um, if I have like, um, get a job, right? That's way too complicated. It has to be a lot simpler than that. It has to be email back, um, this company or email back this person at this company or, um, update spreadsheet that even that's too complicated update spreadsheet with like with what i've worked on the last three days right like and that way it's like you're much more likely to do it especially if you put a time when you're going to do it during the day and you say hey 
I'm Sevi. I'm at 5 p.m. today going to cross the Golden Gate Bridge on a bike. going to say your name. Right? Does that help you? Uh, not the name that I don't <laughs> think helps, but the time and place and yeah. saying it out loud, not in your head, is what really makes a difference. Um, and my process isn't perfect yet. I'm still working at it. But I found that writing it down the day before – and you also cannot beat yourself up if you don't accomplish everything on your list for the day. My, Everybody thinks – My phone background used to say go easy on yourself or don't be so hard on yourself because I realized I was a lot. And sometimes it is like I did a lot. I did not do it all. You should put more lot. things than you think you're going to get done in a day. And you will not get them all done in the day. And when you're done the day, and I did this wrong for like 10 years, I would always beat myself up. I'm like, I'm not good enough. I didn't have enough self-control to get everything done on my to-do list. And then I realized, like, I aim really high so that I hit higher, so that I hit a better range. But I'm never going to hit as high as I expect or as I think I will at the beginning of the day. But I think that's good because it forces you to go higher. It forces you to accomplish more. It forces you to, like, like do more with your life, but then you can't beat yourself up for not completing it. Cause when you beat yourself for not completing it, it actually makes next, the next days harder to do your tasks. And you realize, like, I think there was one day I vividly remember really freaking out and going to someone and just being like, I am kind of stressed because I was behind. I had just gone behind. And I said, if I don't finish this one cheat sheet, like I will be behind for the day. And I realized that I didn't, like, I didn't want to sacrifice my sleep, which is what they told me I could do. I didn't want to drink more coffee. I just wanted to sleep, but also be done with it. And I realized that the key was, it wasn't, like, it was bad that I was behind, but it was, I wasn't behind by that much. Like, that line of behind and not behind, it was, it was really only, like, an hour's worth of work. Right. So then I was like, I could do it tomorrow morning, or it's, I shouldn't say, this whole day's a wash because I'm behind. I should say, well, you know, I'm not three hours behind. Humans are terrible. It's called the... Oh, forget. Freakonomics just came out with an episode about it. Uh, the planning fallacy. Humans are terrible with coming up with how long something's going to take. Really? Do you not find you're terrible at that? I don't know. I just assume everything's going to take an hour at this point. Except for traveling, which I always block 30 minutes off for. <laughs> but does it take you an hour? Let's say you have a homework. It depends. Let's say you have a homework and you think it's oh, going to take blah, blah, blah time. How long does it take? I don't know. More or less? I don't time myself. I don't know. Okay. When I when, – mo- when you time yourself, you realize – and not time yourself as much as to say, oh, I'm going to spend two hours on this homework assignment. And all of a sudden you realize, oh, it's going to take me six. That happens to me all the time. And this is not just a me thing. This is all human mm-hmm. beings problem. Yeah, it is hard we, to tell. We And they've learned that the best way to figure out how long a project's going to take is to look at comparable projects and compare not to look look at previous experience it's not to try to look at all the details of the specific project you're going to work on because you're never going to be able to tell well maybe enough. you just shouldn't predict you should just be flexible so yeah and that's what i'm saying with like don't beat yourself up because sometimes you're going to say hey work on like finish this homework on your to-do list and you're going to get 80 percent of it done but you're not going to get it all done bummer work on it 20 percent more the next day like, it's okay. It's okay. Like, it's okay. And I think it's valuable. Like, I get... I, have in the past, have gotten really stuck on, this is what I said I was going to do. I need to do it. And... 
Yeah, me when it too. involves other people, keep your word. I believe that firmly. Yes. But when Especially it involves yourself. Especially in terms yourself, of showing up. Like yesterday or two days ago, Sevi was at his job interview and I said, I'm going to write. And I could see it. I could see myself writing. I said 10 pages. I had four hours. It was going to be great. And I realized 30 minutes in that I didn't want to. And that I could spend three and a half more hours saying, but I said I was going to and feeling really bad and writing a bad 10 pages. But I kind of said, what do I want to do right now? And then I did what I wanted to do instead. And I yeah. had a really great time. And it wasn't what I pictured myself see, pictured myself doing, but I realized that it was better to say what I actually, like, what do you want to do? Did you get that? enjoyment from picturing yourself doing that? Yeah. So here's the big thing. Humans, what I've learned is I think humans are super weird. We get more, you usually get more enjoyment out of picturing us doing something that we think we'll find enjoying versus actually doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, and I felt bad. I did come to a point where I said, Do, am I someone who would like to be a writer but doesn't write anymore? And then I realized that really the question should not be the label. It should just be what I felt like doing that day and no, what I feel like doing tomorrow. And I feel like if you have flexibility and other people aren't relying on you, that's like totally acceptable. And like maybe tomorrow I will want to and I will get on a typewriter and be in a cut. Like, you know what I mean? I can still see it, but... Although that's part of why I, I feel like I engage myself so much... In college, it's because I needed that responsibility. I needed that other people relying on me in order to actually push through to do things. And I knew I'd have fun doing them, but like that initial push is always really hard for me. Um, There's something good about signing up for like a club that does something or a class that way. It forces you to show up and be engaged and learn. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just like a small thing, like my dad and I get coffee every Sunday. We try to when we're together. And it's one of those things where like, yeah, we want to spend time together. But it's easier when it's sort of a planned thing that you would have to you would have to say like, oh, I can't do this Sunday. And then, and that way it, it becomes, it's the choice not to do something rather than the choice to do something. Definitely. I think that's an easier, you're making yourself more likely to do it when that's the choice you give yourself. Yeah, no, the organizational process is something that I think I will work on until the day I die. And when I die, I hope to have a pretty good system for me. But I think it's just, it's helpful. And we were talking about this the other day, like college is this weird bubble where a lot of your, there's, you don't have to worry about a lot of real world things. So you have a lot of freedom to like work on yourself. And I think that's one thing that is important to learn for a job and for life, like time management. And just how you want to organize things. Like if your thing for the email really helps you and make sure you answer all... I I answer all my important emails. You've never had one sink through the thing that you did? I start them. You you wouldn't know because it sunk through. I would know. Do you see the fallacy here? You wouldn't know if it... Okay, whatever works for me will work for me. I'm not saying it doesn't work for you. It sounds like a lot of people do it that way. Or better yet, they use their unread to figure out what's important and what's not. I would be clicking the red. But I don't want to spend all day sorting through. I don't want to spend any time sorting through my email. So So I don't. It's literally like (laughs) you click it, archive, click it, archive. And I don't get a lot of spam, so maybe it's harder. Um, It's so easy on your your, these days when you can just pull out your phone and just swipe all the messages that you want to archive instantly and... Yeah, so at least that's how I do it. There are other people who snooze them for later. I think that's terrible because... What about real mail? That's the one I always forget to what? answer. Real mail? That's the one I never answer. Oh. <laughs> real fine. mail. Is that what it's called it's nowadays? Fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, IRL. 
Uh-huh. Mail. <laughs> I don't know why people try to send me mail. Because <laughs> Uh, the government. That's how they they know they're gonna get me not like to exceed when I'm supposed to pay a bill because they don't just email it to me. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. <coughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're about to hit an hour. Cool. In our time zone. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye.